You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. You're listening to episode number 356 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. In the episode today, we're going to be looking at one of the most bizarre medical syndromes around, alien hand syndrome. There isn't a bonus fact in today's episode, so let's just get on with the show. Although modern medicine has made tremendous advances in many areas, even mapping the human genome, there remain aspects of human health that continue to elude our full understanding. Alien hand syndrome is one of these puzzles, with its sufferers having one of their hands, usually the non-dominant one, acting as if it has a mind of its own. Many of us have seen people with this condition, albeit on the big screen. In the campy 1935 horror film Mad Love, deranged surgeon Peter Law replaces a pianist's hands with those of a knife-throwing murderer, and the hands take over. More recently, and more well-known, in Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb from 1964, Peter Sellers in the eponymous role repeatedly and compulsively fights to keep his right hand from striking a Nazi salute. In fact, the syndrome is actually sometimes called Dr. Strangelove Syndrome. Yet what's entertaining and even hilarious in the theatre is not nearly so funny in real life. Inconveniently and often embarrassingly, touching, pinching and pulling, these alien hands may compulsively grab a breast or stroke a penis while the person it's attached to rides the subway or waits in line. There are also potential legal ramifications if the hand strays to others in such an inappropriate fashion. Described by scientists as a complex, goal-directed activity in one hand that is not voluntarily initiated, sufferers from the disorder are a Aware of the movements, and they feel what the hand feels, but often feel as if they have no control over it. Almost always occurring on the non-dominant side, i.e. if you're right-handed, your alien hand would be your left, many patients with this condition get to the point where they refer to the hand as if it is another person, even giving it a different name. Frequently, sufferers may complain, I can't make it listen to me. Symptoms range from compulsively grasping and releasing an object to fully self-oppositional movements, like stubbing out a cigarette immediately after the other hand has lit it, or unbuttoning a shirt as the other hand buttons. In between the extremes, some sufferers can control the arm with great effort, although even then their movements may be imprecise. For example, while trying to touch the tip of the nose, they touch the shoulder instead. Extreme cases have occurred where the hand has attacked and even tried to strangle with a cord the person to which it's attached. The syndrome itself is one of a number of similar conditions, each thought to be the product of some type of brain trauma or injury. The most common, or at least most well-documented cases of alien hand syndrome involve epileptics who have voluntarily undergone a procedure to separate the left and right hemispheres of the brain in an effort to control their seizures. However, it has been known to occur in people who suffered from a brain tumor, stroke, infection, or aneurysm. There is no known cure for this condition, though it can usually be controlled somewhat by giving the alien hand something to do, like having it hold a cane while you are in public so the hand stays occupied. A similar and likewise bizarre condition is known as Body Integrity Identity Disorder, or BIID, which appears to be purely psychological. People suffering with this condition also feel as if one of their limbs is not really a part of themselves. But rather than live with it, they have a very strong desire to have the offending limb amputated. As psychiatrists describe it, the motivation for the preferred body modification is believed to be a mismatch between actual and perceived body schema. 
Not included in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders No. 4, DSM-4, most with this condition receive little to no formal treatment, rather many take matters into their own hands. For instance, in one case reported by The Guardian, when the man in question was just out of college, he tried to amputate his leg using a tourniquet fashioned out of an old sock and strong baling twine. After two hours, the pain was unbearable and fear sapped his will. The leg was always there as a foreign body, an imposter, an intrusion. He spent every waking moment imagining freedom from the leg. The leg just wasn't his. He began to blame it for keeping him single. Another BIID sufferer had more success when he shot his leg. As he said, I've wanted to be one-legged since I was a child. No one can help this overwhelming and irrational wish that I've experienced with varying degrees for as long as I can remember. For the first time in my life, I'm finally happy. In a 2005 study, it was found that of 52 BIID sufferers interviewed, nine had a limb amputated and six of those used methods that put the subject at risk of death. Perhaps even more disturbingly, three had been able to find a surgeon willing to amputate a healthy limb. In fact, in the 1990s, Dr. Robert Smith of the Falkirk Royal Infirmary in Scotland performed at least two such surgeries before news of them became public. Another surgeon who had lost his license years before performed an illegal amputation of a healthy limb in Tijuana in 1998, but sadly the patient died of gangrene. Today, there is apparently a surgeon somewhere in Asia who for $6,000 will sneak a BIID sufferer into his hospital and perform an emergency amputation while pretending to do another surgery. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.